focused on cloud, location, data center industry, trends, the dynamic market. Hey, I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk. I'm really excited to be joined with Todd Cushing, president of 1623 Farnham. Todd, good morning. Great to be with you today. Good morning, David. It's great to be here. Excited that you are joining us today. And, uh, you know, just as we start, I think one of the like things that I would like to start with before we get to your background in the space is, uh, you know, you've been in the data center industry a long time. We've known each other a long time. Uh, I've had a number of trips to Omaha uh, back when I, we were both working with CBRE. And so, uh, you know, I would tell to those watching, you know, Todd is one of just the uh, the most helpful people in the data center industry, at least from my perspective, and a lot of the projects that I worked on during that time. And so, Todd, this is just as fun for me personally today as it is professionally. So excited to uh, get to sit down with you. David, thank you. I'm super excited to get to do this interview with you. Like I said, I've I think it was actually 20 below when you came to Omaha. The windshield was about 45 when we were working on that, that particular project. And it was fun to bring a Texas guy up here and put him through that. So that was You so know, was uh, us, us from Texas, it's hard for us to know what to do in those situations. I certainly didn't, uh, and I uh, now am better prepared when I experience that type of weather. So, hey, just for the people that are joining us that might not know about, uh, you know, your role at 1623, I want to talk about that. But before we do... Uh, talk about your background in the data center industry. How did you get involved? And then how did you become, you know, the president of, you know, really the co-location hotel uh, in, in Omaha and kind of in the Midwest area? So I, I started with First Data Corp back when I was 16 years old. So it was like I went full time my, my junior year of high school because I liked it so much. So we're working call centers, got exposure to infrastructure, UPSs, generators, and then started to work in the data center. So I was mounting tapes and learning mainframe stuff. And really just was bit by the IT bug at that point. So I was there 28 years, fast forward through a, a, you know, a couple of audits and some cutbacks and different ownership changes. And it wasn't fun anymore. So I chose to leave in 2008. Promptly the economy went bad. So CBRE guys were talking to me. They were looking for a guy in the middle to be the data center guy. And so I struggled the first year, kind of figured it out. And they helped me. And it was, uh, a lot of friends like yourself, David, uh, helped me connect dots and how it worked and what to do. Because I was a enterprise or if you say corporate you know IT guy I was not a broker and so LinkedIn happened to start around that time and they were cited in Omaha that was one of the first projects I worked on so I figured out LinkedIn started talking to people that I knew it's all about networking so from that point 10 years later started to work myself into a frenzy which is my way about 98 and a half percent of the time I was traveling for trade shows or clients or doing deals whatever and it got to be where it wasn't as fun as it might have been when I started and so I knew about the Carrier Hotel through both of those events. So we had worked with the Carrier Hotel and it needed a hug. So I put together a group. We tried to make a purchase. It didn't go well. I worked there for a few months while I was brokering and kind of wound, wound down the Seabury brokerage side and started to do this. Uh, they asked me to become president and uh, gave us an option to maybe take a look at it. So we, we then uh, put an offer in before we ran a process and they opened ours last and uh, decided to let the employees make a, a run at buying it. Uh, fast forward, those my two partner employees have, have left. We found uh, the News Press Gazette family through a process with another brokerage firm that helped us, the money partner, for, uh, to, uh, to come in. Uh, they purchased it. They own the business, the real estate, and they are great to work with. So they're funding us. They're, they're taking us, stretching us in ways that we would not stretch ourselves and making us better for it. So my background, I feel like it's sort of funny is I'm a born and raised Omaha guy, 
my grandkids are now here. I got four of them. Uh, want to spend time in Omaha and that everybody does, especially when it's super cold or, or super muggy and it does both here, but it's, it's home for me. So I'm okay here. And, um, it's, it's really a great project for me to take to the new level, to improve yeah. it, to sort of leave a legacy now. I'm 56 years old. I'm getting older. I'd like to make it so it's the premier, most awesome put together, both operationally ran so I can really say, okay, hey, I left a mark on something is really what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. So, um, you know, for those that might not know, you know, we do have people that watch our content that might be just getting into the data center industry. So let's talk about 1623, the actual building and what it offers in a minute. But talk about the, the, the concept of the carrier hotel. One of the things that we have uh, we understand from a data center user perspective is that connectivity has become so much more important over the last three, five, ten years as businesses learn to, uh, you know, create mature IT infrastructure uh, architecture that allows for, uh, you know, their business applications to work better. And a lot of that is through network. And so I'd love just your, if you would give an overview of like, what is a carrier hotel and why is it important? You bet. So for Omaha is in the middle. So the DARPA net used to come from East Coast to West Coast. It came up Farnham Street. So Farnham Street is where the Carrier Hotel is at. 1620 Farnham is on Farnham Street. So the, the Carrier Hotel started because carriers started aggregating in a building that was actually built and constructed as a bank. It was on high ground. It had good power. It was secure. And they were multi-tenant in the bank. So the I think MCI was one of the first in the building. And then others started to come. So it was a unbeknownst to the owners that owned the building in Hollywood at the time. They didn't know they had a carrier hotel. They uh, they found out they had one when people wanted to uh, buy a elevator shaft. So carriers hotels are places where your connectivity goes. It's where carriers go, and you'll get a you'll get a mix of regional. You'll get long haul. You'll get dark fiber. You've got all kinds of connectivity that starts to aggregate there. And, and sort of, that's sort of an older term now. So we like to think that we're building an ecosystem. And so we're an interconnection facility. It really is what we are. So there's a lot more peering going on and, you know, current day things happening. But a, a carrier hotel, there are big cities and bigger cities. Not Omaha's not on L.A. or Chicago, but we're, we're reasonable. They have a place where this typically happens. And most people drive by that building and don't know that's what's going on in there, except for the carriers or the geeks on the data center side. <laughs> I'd put us both into that category, maybe unfortunately and fortunately, but um, yeah, absolutely. And these are areas where, I mean, you, you use the word ecosystem, which is the right word, you know, over time, uh, a number of different companies have invested, you know, the, the connectivity infrastructure to make it the place where, uh, you know, everything comes back to from a, uh, a connection standpoint in that market. Uh, and, and you mentioned, you know, Omaha, obviously, is, is where you're from and, um, and, and the location that you're in. And talk about just maybe location from a data center standpoint and why location does matter. And, you know, specifically, like with 1623, why that building is, um, you know, so crucial for uh, the Midwest connectivity concept that's happening today. Yep. So I think when even when you and I used to broker together, David, it was it was risk site site location away from the bad stuff, whatever bad stuff is to that client. Everybody's different. And then it's going to be connectivity is almost more important than redundant power. So they can have better network, faster network. Latency is a big deal now where it used to be. I want dual substations. Now it's, hey, I want latency to be short. I want fast. I want to be on net. I want to have wholesale pricing, wholesale speed. I want it to be quick. So what the carrier hotel has is it's got 18,000 plus fiber. We're growing. 
uh, more fiber all the time. We've got four people pulling in 288s right now for our specific hyperscale that's in Omaha. So we've got a lot of hyperscale in Omaha that's driven that connectivity to grow. They have some of their own, they bought from others or having some built. So it's that middle that we find is the edge. So as people start to leverage cloud and the on-ramps that are here for the social media companies and for the largest search engines that are in the region, we, we find that those, those cloud on-ramps, which are located at our facility, are the reason that the connectivity keeps, continues to grow. So some of the hotels that we talk to or interconnection facilities are not seeing the fiber growth that we're seeing, and we are putting significant money in the infrastructure and pipes and new vaults outside in the streets on north side, west side, everywhere there could be one to sort of put our stake in the ground in the street. So we've got control of that access. But we are we are looking at the growth has just been phenomenal on the fiber side and the the need to go fix sin. So when people came into these buildings back 20 years ago, they were doing it above, you know, drop ceilings and nobody was proud of their work. And it was just literally yeah. ran, you know, in just incredible stuff that I've seen since we've done demo. So it's, it's, uh, we've, we've had a lot of people want to take pride in our work now and go repull that, fix that, uh, change that. And, um, you know, the couple of carriers are we're going to have 100% new, new infrastructure in our facility as we get through the remodel because they want their stuff to be, you know, show place, something they don't have to hide from. They can, they can point it out. Yeah, you know, one of the at least trends that I've noticed, especially when the the maturing of these, you know, buildings within each city that really represent where this ecosystem or connectivity is, is uh, especially over time is is a maturity of the 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 approach, the the way the infrastructure's been put in the building. You know, most of these buildings aren't necessarily like purpose built for that, although they make really good homes for it. And it's over time that the infrastructure gets added in. So there's almost a, a process to, uh, you know, take the building infrastructure, update it, make make the upgrades necessary to match where the current market is uh, uh, today with some of the, you know, other purpose built um infrastructure that's out there in the market today but talk about that process that you went through uh with the building you and your your partners to you know get it up to speed where it was you mentioned you know where it was hey we are taking pride in the work that we do uh tell us about that process and and what it entailed so we were multi-tenant we were next to a to a uh just to the east of a courthouse so with that said, we had a lot of attorneys, accountants, people who wanted to interface with that courthouse. So we had to go through and buy out a lot of leases. And so from a SOC, PCI, uh, ISO standpoint, different certifications, it just made it cleaner and easier for the security and the process for the accesses we get through. So just getting through that so you could make changes. And as you made the major changes to rip out their steam heat or anything they had for office components, so all the you know, natural gas getting removed from the building. So I think it was a risk. We, we've changed it. So... They would not have been able to live through that, especially attorneys being in the building while we did full abatement on a facility. It's just uh-huh. they're asking, is it really safe and all those kind of things. And we're making it safe. We've hired a, a brand name general contractor to help us. It's safe, but it's it's it would have been even harder with COVID going on. So I'm glad we had, had the foresight to do that. But from an infrastructure standpoint, the building is really becoming an eight megawatt at the curb facility. And then and we go to the city for permits and they're like, what are you doing to that bank building? Because, you know, it's Omaha, right? So they still, even though they've purpose built, they've seen the hyperscale built, but they're like, what's that building downtown doing? So we're, we've got, you know, big, big cooling feeds and a lot of electricity going in underground vaults for the transformers. And, and it's just, 
it's a up and operating business. So to take it and go from a megawatt ish or a little less than a megawatt to that while you're running is yeah. fun actually. It's scary. It's fun. It's a lot of you know, mops and sops and processes to make sure your cutovers are done right. And we've got a yeah. great team of belt and suspenders that are helping us kind of get through that. I'm certainly not doing it. I'm surrounded by really good people and my partners are allowing me to do that. No, that's great. And that makes a lot of sense. I think the, you know, it's one of the interesting components when you are improving, you know, a building or trying to take it to the next level, either from an operational standpoint or you're making significant upgrades is how do we keep things operational, not interrupt anyone's service, et cetera, but also do the work necessary to get it to the next level. So that makes a lot of sense. You know, you think from your, from the Todd Cushing crystal ball, uh, what do you anticipate will happen over the next several years with, you know, assets like, you know, one that, that you and your team own, uh, you know, what will that uh, be like in the future? What some of the new technologies that are coming out in the market or that we think will come out in the market, how will those impact, uh, you know, what you all have the opportunity to do and then the customers you have the opportunity to serve? I think that the, the Bradley family has owned data centers and, and sold data centers and been in the business. I think they see this as long hold potentially. But I think that they are asking us at board meetings, what do we want to do? Do we want to do other sites? Do we want to find other markets? And the answer is for the right opportunity, maybe. Um, I think for, the, and so you start to connect dots with, with and build more, you know, more infrastructure between potentially, be able to tether and do some things. We're doing that with our IX. Uh, we're finding that we're hanging it on Lincoln, maybe other cities around. But we are, we are finding that the, the growth is going to continue. I don't see any stop in fiber. I don't see any stop in content. I just think that you're going to see more and more data aggregate in places that are on the edge. I think you're going to find it in big cities already, and you're going to find other locations within Dallas or other locations within Chicago. You've seen people go out of that traditional spot that people are find to be the, the place. Uh, we're going to see more of that here as well. I think you're going to see other cities that maybe weren't on the map today start to show up as on the map. Uh, because they're going to have content as well, if that answers your question. Yeah, it absolutely does. You mentioned COVID-19 and the impact, uh, some degree that it has had uh, on your process. You know, what are your thoughts on that for the data center industry and how things will be impacted moving forward? You know, we've, we saw a lot more data show up because, you know, the ports for conference calls and things that people are doing for video calls. We also found that more people were working from home. And so they, they, as we had um, partners of hyperscale have their equipment at our facility, they don't necessarily want to come to Omaha to fly through an airport to get here or to drive here from East Coast, West Coast. So there, our virtual hands have gone pretty crazy as to they want to ship in some stuff at the bottom of the cabinet, keep it heavy so it's got ballast, and then ship the rest and have us racket stack it. So that's been interesting. We didn't anticipate that would happen. We've also we found that they're trusting us to do more uh, for them. And we've also found that the, the trades were fairly tight. Omaha's not the size of Dallas again. So the, the hyperscale would get the A-teams, and we had to make sure we had to cover with good people. We found that some of those sites closed down during it. So we got access to, to help, and we, we put the gas pedal down. So we, we are driving hard while we have access to those trades to go as fast as we can, and that's because of COVID. So then it became, you've got an outside team, social distancing. These guys are on this floor. These guys are on this floor. A lot of process of taking uh, temperature to people and, and making sure you're keeping everybody safe. We had a couple of events where a team had to leave, get, come back, you know, after they were okay. But we were able to push all the way through. So for us, 
you know, we saw growth and we've seen, we've been lucky that we've seen nobody, you know, have a serious issue with it. Omaha has not been you know, impacted like some places have been. And so overall, uh, pretty good shape coming through COVID. Yeah, that's great. The, the One of the last questions I'd love to ask you is just about the Omaha market um, and how it's grown over the past several years. I mean, you have seen, you've been a part of this growth as companies have, have come into the market and you've been able to help guide them and help them think through what lo, where location makes sense just in the overall market. But, you know, for those that are interested in Omaha, just give a brief overview of the market in general, where you see like data center development happening and what you see, you know, happening in the market in the future. Sure. So, so Omaha, we're downtown, but we're not by the river. The Missouri River separates uh, Council Bluffs. We're right by Iowa or, you know, a couple miles from Iowa. So we, we see that from that point, everything's southwest. Most of the growth is going to be southwest by seven to nine miles, and it's going to be in Omaha, typically. You've got a few data centers that are north, but they're enterprise data centers. But most of the hyperscale is either going to be southwest or it's going to be a little bit east over into Council Bluffs. Uh, social media is southwest. Uh, search engines building south, southwest as well now. Um, and they've got two sites to the south and east of us that are over a thousand terabyte or a thousand megawatts. So they are there. It's big. It's like 1300 over in Council Bluffs right now for them. So they are, we're, we are finding that that growth is happening now that some of the, the wholesale is showing up in Omaha to build outside of their facility because it will never be a 20 megawatt facility. That's not, that's not what we're going to be. So there's a need for some of that in the market. So the Omaha Chamber, Mark Norman, a lot of people know him. He does a lot of events. He's been key. He's a great relationship and a friend. The state of Nebraska, is, they get it. They understand what's going on. They've been very helpful as well. And I think the incentive process for us, we were able to take advantage of it as part of the bait that we were able to get the Bradley family to come in. We happen to be in what's called an opportunity zone as well. So it's just a double down on taking advantage of what's there for the machine that we're trying to run to keep our cost in check with everybody else that we're competing with. So we are basically trying to outrun a new build. We've got the fiber. We, you, you aren't going to you know, replicate that. But we're just trying to get it out in front and get, us, uh, get it put together as quick as we can. So this fall we'll be commissioning, and we're super excited about it. That's great. Well, when you think about the next, you know, three to five years in, you know, Omaha and with 1623, with the data center industry in general, what gets you most excited? Man, I, I am this. That's really the care hotel of the, the. You know, it's our. We are. I'm super excited about what we have going on here. I really feel like it's going to be the hyperscale. And if you pick a alphabet, if you will, and went through and picked the companies within that, you've got an opportunity to go after gaming, everything you can imagine as you work through that. Every, it's not like it's one relationship. All those relationships underneath those big companies that Omaha has been lucky enough to draw through their processes. I think you're going to be able to just basically shop your way right through those relationships, help them, help us, and grow something that's really special and unique. And I think that's that's what's going to happen. And I don't think it's going to be unique, unique, unique to Omaha. I think that's what's going to happen. But you're going to—I don't even know that they've figured it out yet how that's going to happen. Yeah, there's certainly you know uh, a bright future ahead in this space, and uh, it's been really fun to watch what you all have done with 1623. It'll be fun to watch in the future. Uh, so Todd, just thanks so much for, for joining us and sharing your perspective on the market. And we're excited to see, uh, things move forward for you down the road. David, this has been the pinnacle to be able to do this interview with you. I appreciate your time and for your interest in, in making this happen. You bet.